Hello, you lovely, sleep-starved parent. We know you probably want to be sleeping right now. In fact, it's entirely possible you would give your right arm for it, or maybe that packet of biscuits you just inhale for energy. And whilst we can't help right this second, we really hope that this podcast and all the other Sleep Mums episodes, there's over 40, will. I'm Kat Cuby, broadcaster, author and sleep supporter, and this is Sarah Carpenter, dream consultant, baby and child expert and sleep savant. <laughs> Thanks for that lovely introduction. <laughs> looking very coy today. I know this. I know you can't see Sarah, but she's like <laughs> playing with her necklace in quite a flirty way. Not intentionally, I can assure you. Is that because I was just bigging you up in the intro? Totes. <laughs> Together, we are the Sleep Mums. In today's podcast, we're going to be talking dream feeds. Are they the dream or can they sometimes be the very opposite? Having a baby can be utterly and entirely exhausting. It's basically why we're here. But we also know there is a lot of information out there about baby sleep. In all of our podcasts, we aim to cut through some of the crap of that information and also share properly useful and practical advice that we hope will truly get you more sleep. Okay, let's start with the meaning of the dream feed. It is not, which can also happen a lot when you have a new baby, where you dream that you have fed or are feeding your baby, only to wake up on the loo or something. 100% been there. (laughs) So Sarah, talk me through what a dream feed actually is. So in a nutshell, it's what it says on the tin. You are basically rousing your baby to feed while they're still asleep. Um, So they're not fully awake when you do the feed. There are sort of two chains of thought one where you pretty much do the entire feed with them asleep and then another one where you do actually fully wake them to do the dream feed and have them awake for a period of time after you've done it in the hope that you're then going to stretch their night after that so they'll then have a longer stint of sleep and often people do it to tie in with before they go to bed so that they don't feel like they're getting woken up Um, and then If you're doing it when they're fully asleep, it might be that you've had a couple of hours sleep and then you're just literally lifting them and doing a feed again to try and keep them asleep for longer. So the theory behind a dream feed is that you're going to keep them asleep for longer after they've had the dream feed. So in certain circumstances, it can work really well and we'll come on to that. Um, And also, I guess, when it doesn't. But it's also quite a difficult thing to get right, as you're saying, because there are these two kind of different ways you can do it. But how exactly would you go about doing it if you were doing a dream feed? So if you've chosen to do a dream feed, you would either pick your time based on when you want to go to bed, lift baby from a dark environment, feed, burp and put them straight back down. So there's no fussing, you're not putting any lights on, you're not changing nappies unless they've done a poo, you're making it very, very quick. The other way of doing it, like I said, is lifting them, fully waking them. So you would change the nappy, you would potentially get them undressed a little bit to expose some skin and cool them off. Then you would keep all the lights on and actually interact and play with them after you've done the feed. So that that second way is more like you're waking them for a feed at a time that kind of suits you rather like I think that feels a bit different than the like the dream feed obviously feels like something it's like dreamy I don't know that's what I always sort of had in my head yeah I mean they are both referred to and called the dream feed but yeah one is very much you're 
essentially waking them to interact with them throughout the night, once throughout the night, so that you're then getting a longer stretch after they've played again. And the other one is that you're just filling them full of food and getting them back down. In the first instance, though, what about burping? Like, isn't that just going to wake baby up? So is the idea that you don't burp them? Um, Isn't that a terrible idea? Regardless of what you're doing and what your intention is, I would say always burp your baby. Because, you know, if you've given baby a dream feed and then you put them back down and they have wind, you're not going to have achieved what you set out to achieve. They're going to be awake again very, very quickly with wind. So gentle burping methods while they're still asleep is absolutely fine. A lot of people will find anyway that, you know, the burping that they do before they go to bed in the evening, baby can be pretty much asleep at that point. And we do obviously mm-hmm. talk about rousing them to get them back into their cot. But it's similar at the dream feed. So it's the same. Yeah, you have Perfect. pretty much a sleeping baby being burped. They can still burp when they're asleep. So that's what it is. But why do people recommend doing it? I mean, obviously you've touched on it. And I can guess why, but why why is it recommended? So it's recommended, again, for a couple of different reasons. For some people, they really are recommended it to get a longer stretch of sleep or they are recommending it because it worked for them. So they did a dream feed and they found that they got a longer stretch of sleep after the dream feed. And so that's what they're recommending to other people. Um, in some cases, it can be for medical reasons. So if baby isn't gaining weight or isn't staying on their centile line, then it may be that you would introduce a dream feed just to increase the quantities of milk going in and to really guarantee that baby's getting enough nutrition throughout the 24-hour period. So if they're potentially lazy sleep, lazy feeders or um, you know just very snacky feeders, then you might introduce the dream feed at that point just to try and get a full feed in. As you say, quite often, I think it it can be that thing that some people have tried and it's worked for them and so they rave about it, um, but it doesn't work for everyone. Absolutely. And we'll come on to whether it's a good idea or not in, in a second. But I think it's also probably important to mention that it really varies at what stage you're doing it to. Like obviously you're saying for medical reasons, usually that would be although it can be at any point, but that would be more likely to be in the first few months of life. Yeah, generally, if you're um, trying to encourage weight gain, then it would be in the first few weeks or months of life. But it's not to say that can't happen further down the track. You know, sometimes babies can be introduced to solids and, you know, routine and developmental things can change, resulting in some weight loss, which would then require an additional feed to try and bulk the baby up again. So apart from when it's for medical reasons, essentially it's kind of like a preemptive strike against middle of the night feeds in the hope that it's going to give you a longer stretch before baby wakes up for a feed. Like babies wake up at night at all hours to feed and it can feel like you are just getting into a lovely deep sleep. Like say, you you know, they've been sleeping for a while and you go, go to bed and you're just getting to sleep and bam, they wake up and they're, they want the milk bar to be open. So I I understand why it makes sense to try and eke out a few more hours if you can. But (laughs) (laughs) is this when I get to be honest? So it sounds like it makes sense in theory, but is it actually a good idea? It can be. In some circumstances, absolutely. You know, especially if you've been advised out from a medical professional because your baby needs to gain weight, then yes. 100% can work and can be a very, very good idea. 
in day-to-day standard babies you know there is no such thing as normal but the biggest downside to dream feed is that it can disrupt the baby's natural sleep pattern so you're not going to achieve anything you know you're basically just going to wake them up an extra time or feed them an extra time because they're going to wake up based on their natural sleep patterns and cycles anyway so for example you might put baby to bed at 7 7 30 at night you'll lift them to do a dream feed around about 10, 10 10.30. They'll wake again around about 1, 1 1.30. Now that baby may not have woken at 10, 10 10.30 and actually just slept from 7 through until 1-ish. So you've just introduced another feed, but you haven't actually given them the opportunity to see when they would naturally wake up. So you're disrupting their natural sleep cycles and as a result, actually getting up more times than you need to. I think sometimes it can also give the impression that it's working even if it's not, because actually, as you say, you don't know that they wouldn't have woken up at, at 10. So you sort of feel like, oh, well, I, actually, at least I'm getting until one or two. But also you would hope that as baby grows, that they would naturally be extending their time between wake-ups anyway. So you, like, say you might start off and baby would be feeding more regularly anyway. So it does, you know, and that's why I was saying, you know, in different ages, in those first few months, you might be doing it because it's around the time baby would be waking up anyway. So say you, say you're on a kind of seven till seven schedule, you put baby to bed, you're going to bed at 10 and you wake them up. They probably we will be waking around 10 for their feed anyway. So mm-hmm. you start doing it going, well, this works because then I'll get 10 to one, but you might've made that anyway. And so, but in those first few months, it's like, oh, well, this is kind of working for me. But then obviously as they grow, that would naturally stretch but you don't know and you don't want to let go of that dream feed because you're like well this is helping me that's the thing you know people um almost become hooked on that part of the routine and schedule and they can't see the wood for the trees when it comes to dream feed you know the fear of dropping the dream feed is so real because they're so unsure of what's going to happen if they don't do it so people end up in this cycle where actually they're doing it for an extended period of time um, really because they don't know how to stop it and they have the fear about stopping it but actually they could have missed so many windows where baby would have stretched naturally anyway I think and I think it is really hard like we've spoken about this before that often you just try and recreate all these out like if you manage to have one good night you try and recreate all these elements but often that doesn't take into account the fact that baby is growing and actually in those first few months in the first year like their needs change so quickly like I might not feel like at the time but it is fast yeah it is it's super fast it's faster than you can imagine yourself and especially if it's your first like you really don't appreciate how quickly things change Um, and it doesn't matter how many times people tell you that either like you genuinely you don't get it until you've gone through it totally so yeah by introducing things like that and um, you know kind of getting hooked on them you are in a way preventing baby from just developing at their own pace as well also, can we like we talk a lot about giving full feeds, and I know you mentioned there are sort of two schools of thought on the dream feed. I the one where you, you're not really waking them up, and the one where you are. Um, but surely giving a full feed when baby is half asleep or dreaming is really difficult. So how does that work? Not necessarily because babies naturally suck. They can actually take a full feed quite easily during the dream feed. So you could actually see that that feed 
is a really full feed. Right. But you might find that actually then at the next feed, when they've woken naturally because that's their natural sleep cycle, they're not then taking a full feed at that one. So you've actually deterred them from taking a fuller feed at the feed that you ideally want them to because that's when they're naturally waking up because they're ready for it. So, you know, for example, if I'm just going to refer to bottle feeding just yeah. for the sake of Because it works for bo- its bottle. It, like oh, dream yeah. feeds are not like Use one or other. Whatever method, yeah. Um, but if we're referring to bottle feeding, you might find that for the dream feed, they do sink six or seven ounces. But then the next time they wake up, you might actually see a massive reduction and they only take three or four ounces. And it's just because actually for them, they've then sort of fake full been fake full on the dream feed and they haven't then got the capacity for the feed that they actually are waking up naturally for um just because we've like now mentioned like boob or bottle um Mm -hmm. and said there isn't really technically a difference in how you would go about it but if babies are bottle fed because they have to work a little bit less hard generally for the milk that they're taking from the bottle do babies who are bottle fed Mm -hmm. so i'm just I'm literally making up this question on the fly. But if babies are bottle fed, is it easier to do a dream feed? No. Sorry, curveball. <laughs> no, no, absolutely not. No. Um, if a baby is, you know, if if all the boxes are ticked and babies, you know, got a good latch and is feeding well, then they will take the feed. Yeah. You know, obviously your milk supply can come into it a little bit. Um, but no. In my experience, babies can dream feed successfully from breast or bottle. Um, again, you know, not all babies find it easy to drink from a bottle either. So what you might find is that, just to sort of jump around a little bit, but for some people, they've decided to introduce the dream feed as a bottle, if they're exclusively breastfeeding, but they might mm. decide to either express or use formula for a dream feed so that they can include their partner and so that's a feed that they've decided to introduce so that the partner kind of either gets an opportunity to do a feed or in theory allows mum to sleep through you know they can then go to bed after the baby's gone to bed and not wake up until the later night feed so that's another reason that some people do introduce it but then that baby Mm -hmm. could potentially struggle a little bit on the bottle because they're not used to it so no there's no sort of Mm-hmm. right or wrong for how you would give a dream feed um and yeah as long as all the boxes are being ticked then there's no reason why it wouldn't be successful on the boob or the bottle like with so many of these things mm-hmm. particularly when it comes to babies there's only like a really tiny amount of research about it and so you kind of can't take it to mean anything particularly because also you can't tell what would have happened if if it hadn't been introduced in the study but like anecdotally lots of people rave about it like why is that the case if it is actually not necessarily working I suppose because it can work for your specific situation you know if it's allowed your partner to do a feed then it's worked for you you know you've achieved Mm -hmm. what you wanted to achieve so it has worked it's not necessarily about a longer Uh stretch of sleep or giving baby more milk it's actually a it's got a different reason I feel like yeah exactly and you know sometimes it can give that longer stretch but then in those situations you know what I found is that I get a lot of um, clients coming to me around about the kind of 11 12 month mark saying okay baby essentially sleeps through but I'm still doing Mm -hmm. a dream feed and I don't know how to stop it so in that case 
it hasn't really worked either because you're then stuck in the shot of doing it and not having a clue how to get out of it because you genuinely don't know how to start the process of stopping a feed that you've introduced. Naturally, dropping feeds is a much easier thing to deal with because baby's much more in control. But if this is something that you've introduced and you're in control of, it then is something that you have to remove and stop. And a lot of people don't know where to start with that. So in that sense, it's potentially worked and achieved what they wanted to achieve but then it's just caused a few more issues further down the line and that's kind of one of your sort of bugbears with it and we're going to come on to it, is that there might be loads of information about how you do it but not very much how to stop it yes lots of people start with a dream feed and can find it useful uh, as we've talked about i actually attempted it with my son because he was early and i had a toddler and i wanted to try and get some more sleep but i never really felt like i knew whether it helped because uh, personally i don't actually think it extended his wake ups but for a period of time it definitely felt like it was helping to get more milk into him starting a dream feed might be easy out of necessity or as a trial but a lot of parents can then get stuck not knowing when and if to stop it like you totally get that fear as we've discussed that if sleep is working you do not want to change a thing until it stops working and then you find it really hard to stop because you don't know how so Sarah how do you stop a dream feed so if you've done it for medical reasons then you know you would reduce it gradually at the point where your medical professionals have said yep everything's fine baby's gaining weight we're totally happy and comfortable you would just reduce it over the period of a couple of weeks especially if you're breastfeeding you don't want to do it immediately you know you would literally just phase out the length of time that you're feeding if you're bottle feeding you would reduce it just by an ounce every few nights as well until you get to the point where they're either not waking they're not waking up at all for it or you're confident that you're not going to wake them up for it because that's the other thing with dream feeds what you can find is at the point when you've decided you're going to stop it you actually then find that baby starts to wake up for it because that's what they're used to so they've then taken that on as their natural cycle and they're waking up for it so then you have to decide at that point okay I've gone cold turkey I've stopped the dream feed now I'm going to start with the process of settling to get them back to sleep rather than falling back into the dream feed nine times out of ten in my experience you stop the dream feed and they don't wake up and they just sleep the length of time that they were sleeping anyway doesn't mean that you're going to stop it and they're suddenly going to sleep until seven o'clock in the morning you know if they've been waking for a feed between one and four or roughly one and four they are still going to wait for that one and four but you've just dropped the dream feed so you're not doing that other feed we have had a number of uh, folks in our sleep clubs who have started and been doing dream feeds um, and as part of the process of sleep club they've either said that they wanted to stop it or we've suggested maybe they give it a go and see what happens because that's the other thing with any change you know you can try it and see if it may and I think they have all been blown away and to be honest I have because you know I have not seen as many parents as you have over the years obviously about how immediately they're like, it literally didn't change it <laughs> my night at all. And they've been so shocked because they're like, they think it's going to totally disrupt things. And actually it often doesn't have this massive knock-on effect. Obviously, if you're getting to 11 or 12 months, and as you say, then baby has got, it has taken that 
that feed as a thing that they, is part of their day routine, you can have more difficulty with it, though. Yeah, yeah, absolutely can. I mean, there there are always going to be the odd baby um, who responds negatively to stopping yeah. it, and you do then have to use the settling techniques that we've talked about in other episodes to actually then push them through naturally. For, from a psychological point of view for parents, what you can do is actually, you know, at the time when you come to stopping it, you can spread that milk throughout the day at other feeds, you know, so just up other feeds by an ounce or if you're breastfeeding, take what you would normally have put into that dream feed bottle um, as express breast milk, you can put that into their food or if you're not using bottles at all, then, you know, you can just either introduce another little feed or you know, somehow do something to increase that intake throughout the day. Um, yeah, we'll chat a wee bit about alternatives to it as well. But um, hopefully that gives you some idea of stopping a dream feed. Either you can do it like a wee bit like when you are night weaning, as we say, you can either do it gradually and do a very slow process. Or if you ha- are not doing it for medical reasons, you probably can just stop and see what happens. Um, and as ever, you might have a, you, it might disappear and there might be no bother, or you might have a few difficult nights, but try and see out that three to five nights and see if it, if it's making a difference. Definitely. So dream feeds can work, but there are clearly a number of drawbacks too. So Sarah, are there, I know you were mentioning kind of different ways you could deal with wanting to have the, that increase in milk, but are there actual alternatives to dream feeds or dream feeding that might work in a similar way to how we hope it does? So yes and no. Um, I we've or I've been quite diplomatic to this point, you know. <laughs> Have you? <laughs> oh, I can't wait. You're going to get grumpy. That knows my view on dream feeds. Um, and so now this is my opportunity to be completely honest. Go for I it. don't like dream feeds. I would never recommend a dream feed unless it is for a medical reason. I don't think they work. There's no evidence to say that they work. My, um, In my experience, they do disrupt the natural sleep, sleep cycle. So 100%, unless you're doing this for weight gain, I would not recommend a dream feed. So no, and taking it from that point of view there's absolutely no alternative there is just nothing you just don't do a dream feed unless you're doing yeah. it for a medical reason but I guess what we're saying is you know if you feel like baby isn't getting enough milk throughout that 24-hour period which we talk about a lot there are other ways you can introduce more milk exactly. at different points and and one that some that you would yes. recommend more than so others. don't introduce extra feeds overnight unless you're doing it for a medical reason or weight gain do introduce planned cluster feeding like we talk about in those early days. So you can bulk them up pre-bedtime with the milk that you think that they would have taken for the dream feed if that's the route that you've gone down. So this also applies, you know, whether you've not started a dream feed, this works. Whether you've been doing a dream feed and you want to stop the dream feed, this works. So between the hours of, say, roughly, you know, four, quarter past four and bedtime, that's when you want to use food. You want to use food to keep them going. You want to use food to energize them and you want to bulk them up before they go to bed. Obviously, you do need to be careful with your quantities. You don't want to overfill them to the point where they do then have to reject some of it by being sick. So you want to spread the amount of milk that you're given over that period of time and don't just suddenly give them like a 12 ounce bottle because the likelihood is they're going to bring some of that back up. 
we were we were chatting about this in sleep club the other day and i just i feel like it was it really felt like it re- what i said really resonated so i'm I'll, I'll say it here that's a wee bit like when you're out for dinner and the waiter or waitress comes over and says do you want pudding and you're like oh gosh no i couldn't possibly and then like 10 15 minutes later you're like absolutely i want chocolate cake and you can kind of do the same thing with those sort of evening yes, feeds right. that you can have had a full feed and then you know 15 20 minutes later mm-hmm. give a wee top up and see yep. see what happens and that is you know Definitely. they were like ah oh, it's pudding yeah it's basically pudding absolutely so you know roughly in terms of routine and time ends if you were if you're talking about a baby who's um, pre-weaning then you would roughly be doing a feed somewhere around about four-ish a top-up sometime before bath time so that could be ten could potentially be around about half five quarter to six and then another feed at bedtime so you've kind of increased that milk yeah. intake between four and six eh, sorry four and six thirty quite largely between those hours just by splitting it slightly and doing like a starter main course and dessert um, and then when they're obviously on solids you can do your solids at the kind of four thirty ish and then do a split bedtime feed um, so a bit of milk before bath and a bit of milk after bath and obviously other alternatives you know to, to dream feeds are essentially anything that is going to help you get a longer stretch of sleep so in the early days that would be swaddling your baby as they get older that might be comforters um which we've done obviously episodes on you know both absolutely um you know i mean i think it's important to remember that we're not talking about newborns here you know we are talking about babies who are further down the track they are ready to night mean and things like that you know those early days you are going to respond to their feeding requirements so you are going to be up multiple times feeding but that's um, but that's that you wouldn't really call that a dream feed it's just part of their feeding schedule they might be a bit sleepy and you might want to wake them up but it's it's not a dream feed it's them who are waking up rather than you lifting them and also but even if you did choose to lift them um, and you know as Sarah said she feels very strongly about them I feel less so because I've seen because I've seen less people and experience you know I'm not as experienced as her but also it's important to say that sometimes we do disagree about things and also you know there is never any shade in what we're talking about or judgment about what people are or aren't doing it's just mm-hmm. you know experience and information that you can take away from but so you know see if you if you have a newborn and you're doing you are kind of rising them when you go to bed Uh, technically I wouldn't say that as a dream feed because it's part of their schedule definitely I would totally agree with that which is why I think it's you know when we're talking about dream feeds we are talking about babies who you are you know they're older babies who you're actively consciously sort of lifting to do that Mm -hmm. feed who are in a deep sleep when you're lifting them every week as you guys know we do a listener question that's your chance to ask us your questions that put all our advice to practice in your lives and in the real world because so often parenting advice feels like this thing that sits on like a pedestal and lives that are totally like perfect and not actually how it works really so we always like to answer them Uh, this week we have a question about a dream feed of course 
Hi Kat and Sarah. I hope you're both well. I have a quick question regarding dream feeds. I wondered if giving Hugo a dream feed is affecting how much he's eating for breakfast. Any help on this would be amazing. I love your podcast. Thanks. Bye. So yeah, that's not unusual to see um, a decrease in excitement for the first feed of the day or the breakfast um, solids if they have been eating overnight. So if you have either A, just introduced solids and starting to feel like they're really reluctant to take that feed or if you're starting to see a decrease in the morning bottle or morning feed, then I would say definitely try and cut the dream feed, you know, and just go for it. In this case, just do it cold turkey. They'll be absolutely fine. You might need to do a couple of nights of reset land, but that's when you would really pull back onto the golden rule of three to five nights. So persevere, stick with it, use the settling techniques for the three to five nights um, if you need them. I would be surprised at this age if you needed them for the full five nights, um, but you might need them for the first couple of nights and you would quickly see that actually they were more than comfortable dropping that dream feed and then they were more enthusiastic about the first feed of the day and about the breakfast solids. I think this just totally ties into that thing of what we're talking about being that like scared to change something mm-hmm. if it's sort of kind of working because you're like eh, is it that big a deal that they're not taking um as much in the morning does that really matter because they're still getting you know plenty of milk and and we're still getting decent chunks of sleep so like in many ways this is less to do well, like all of these things, it's as much to do with how you feel, how you as a parent feel about these things and how scary it can be to make those changes, particularly if you're tired. Like even if you're getting good chunks of sleep, you're still going to be tired. Yeah, definitely. And also I think for a lot of people who do do the dream feed, they can't really see the association of what they eat in the morning and being connected to how well they're going to sleep. Because you're like, that's like 11 o'clock at night or 10 o'clock at night. How is that impacting something at seven in the morning? Uh And also how is increasing the volume of food going Mm. in at seven going to impact the night you know so it works both ways um but it does you know looking at all your um food and milk intake during your daytime hours is really important because it does all have a positive knock-on effect to daytime napping and overnight sleeping so it is important that you're getting the food intake at the right times of day to be able to sustain baby over 24 hours That's why we talk so much about the 24 hour period, because so often, again, like talking about different kinds of parenting advice, it's like it's really split up. But you've got to see it as a whole because it is, you know, for babies, (laughs) there isn't really day and night until they're quite a bit bigger. Yep, absolutely. No, it's really, really important to, I mean, even mine are nine, eight and five. And I'm still conscious that, yeah, Harry at age nine, he's not going to sleep as well if he has a rubbish dinner or if he doesn't eat his breakfast properly you know it, it is I know myself that if I've been on nights my eating goes out the window completely because my body clock's all over the place and so I know when I finish a string of nights that the first couple of nights I'm not going to sleep properly because I am going to wake up at random times and feel hungry so it there, is, there you know, is actually research into that because like lots of people who are on shift patterns and stuff have got completely confused mm-hmm. metabolisms and circadian rhythms for that reason right yep, definitely I mean during my pregnancies when I was working in fact you'll know from <laughs> when um, you and I were having midnight snacks because you were breastfeeding and I was pregnant <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh those were the days we're gonna oh, swap those. that around now right <laughs> 
<laughs> Holly was bringing us um, fruit at three o'clock in the morning one night. <laughs> disgustingly healthy. Where are the biscuits? Yeah, I think I was trying to like, make a good impression. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, it's true. You know, you do. You, your body clock does go all over the place. And um, it, it's just exactly the same for babies. You do have to be very aware of the intake over the 12 hours to sustain them over the 24 well i hope that helps uh, as ever we love to answer your listener questions we've done a shout out for them on social media and if you want to get in touch with one please do all you need to do is send us an email with a voice note or you can actually do it on um, instagram you can send us a wee voice note on there with your question we'll get back to you with an answer and we'll also pop it in the podcast so please get in touch we're on social media at the sleep mums on facebook and instagram and our email address is hello at thesleepmums.com. It's obvious to see why the idea of a dream feed is so popular. Give a feed before you go to bed and your baby will sleep longer. Uh, yeah, sign me up. But I think it might be the idea of a dream feed for those exact reasons that is so popular, not necessarily the results. Because as we've talked through, as baby gets older, they can be really, really mixed about whether it's actually working or not. I know, and now I guess our listeners know, that Sarah's not a huge fan of dream feeds, (laughs) largely because the information about them is so lacking, particularly when it comes to stopping a dream feed. Yes, it has a catchy name, but I think it seems too neat a solution, like a dream idea that's going to make your baby sleep better. But we all know that often that isn't the case. Sleep isn't linear, and there are loads of reasons that baby wakes up, not just for hunger. So, By all means, try a dream feed. Firstly, if you need to for weight reasons. And secondly, if you wanted to see if it works. But do not get caught up in it. And you might be surprised that by dropping it, certainly once baby gets to a certain age, it literally will do nothing to disrupt your sleep at all. So you don't need to be doing it. As ever, we hope that helped. Look after yourselves and sleep and dream soon. (laughs) 